before the season even started, I knew Duvall was going to be back on our team somehow, some way. I just knew it. I count might be one of the safest bets in history, to be honest. <laughs> the consistency that he puts up, it's like... And as soon as that happened, it's like Javante Davis turned to switch and he went into kill mode. Terrence Crawford, um, there's an argument that he might be the most feared man in boxing right now. If the MLB doesn't do something about it soon, uh, we could potentially be looking at another, maybe like a mini steroid era on the MLB. We're going to Piro Takes Podcast. Here are your hosts, Christian and A. Hindi. Welcome back to the real last episode of the Pre-Roll Takes Podcast. Last week, we had mentioned that we are going through a name change, and we are still going through that name change, but we don't want to officially do it yet until we get our official logos and everything, and those are currently in the works, and we're just going to wait until next week. Hopefully, they'll be done. Yeah, with all these changes that we're making, uh, we figured that it'd be nice to get it all together and make it really official instead of a step-by-step thing. But as for this week, we're going to be getting into our May Players of the Month for the baseball season. We're also going to be giving our thoughts on the Gervonta Davis and Raleigh Romero fight last weekend. We're going to be giving our opinions on the upcoming Devin Haney versus George Cambosis and Nonito Donaire versus Naoya Inoue rematch. We've got a hell of a week for boxing coming up. I'm looking forward to getting into it. May was a hell of a month for the baseball season. We had a lot of players that really stood out. A lot of players who turned things around from a rough start in April, but now they're doing their things, and some of them are at the top of the leaderboards in certain things after that slow start. But we also think that there is a few players that really stood tall above the rest, literally and figuratively. And with that in mind, we came up with our own players and pitchers of the month. This was pretty difficult to come up with, to be honest. Uh, The pitchers, that was probably the most difficult. The players, uh, the uh, position players, pretty easy to come up with. I mean, me and Christian, I think we both have the same player for that, for uh, for both uh, leagues. And I mean, it's two guys who absolutely tore up May and they look like they're going to continue doing it into June. But to get things started for the AL pitcher of the month, I went with Martin Perez pitcher from the Texas Rangers I mean this dude had an absolute monster May he had six starts and had a 0.64 ERA and that that's just absolutely ridiculous and over 42 innings that that's pretty crazy officially I'm gonna have to agree with you on Martin Perez being the AL pitcher of the month it's just undeniable really the the stats really speak for themselves at this point even though stats aren't everything but when you got an ERA that low pitching a good amount of innings you just he did his thing and initially I wanted to give a shout out to Nestor Cortez for continuing to be the ace for the Yankees this season and he's having he had a hell of a May but Martin Perez really just it was no contest to be honest and if you look at the teams that he did it against they're mediocre teams but I mean Philly he went seven innings against Philly, gave up no runs and four hits. It's a very good start, to be honest. And the most impressive one probably is against Houston, where he went a complete game, gave up eight hits, five strikeouts. I mean, that's a, the one of the best offenses in the entire league. And same with Boston. Went six innings and had five hits, seven strikeouts. Dude pitched against some pretty quality teams this month and had an unbelievable month of May. I'm looking forward to seeing if Martin Perez could keep this going. 
if he keeps going like this, though, we might we might see a, a sleeper name in the race for the Cy Young down the line. But as far as the NL pitcher of the month, I know starting pitchers are more valuable than relievers when it comes to what they give. But when I think you're performing like this, literally perfect in the sense that you're coming in and shutting it down, I, I got to give a shout out to Josh Hader as my NL pitcher of the month. I'm really taking into consideration everything he did in May. Eight, eight for eight in saves, no runs given up. And he's also continuing from a perfect April. Uh, he had 10 saves, no runs given up. And he's just on an insane stretch right now. I know relievers don't get a lot of love when we're talking about the best pitchers conversation, but I feel like he definitely deserves a nod. Josh Hader is probably the best reliever in all of baseball right now. And I think that's hands down. I don't think there's anyone who's better than him. And he's pitching like it this year. I mean, zero ERA this year. That's unbelievable through two months of the season. As much as I wanted to pick Hader, uh, I, I went a little different route. I went the starting pitcher. And I went with Sandy Alcantara, starting pitcher for the Miami Marlins. A bunch of people may actually not know who he is because he's a Miami Marlin. <laughs> and I mean, nothing against Miami. It's just that they're not really well known, but they have one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. Pablo Lopez, I think, won it last month or was up there for it. And Sandy Alcantara is just continuing to do a very good job down there. He had a 2.13 RAA through 42 one innings, 43 strikeouts on 10 earned runs. I'm really good month if you look at the teams he pitched against. Uh, he could pitch against the Braves twice. Went 17 innings and struck out 21 batters. I mean, in two games, that's ridiculous. And that's against my favorite team. Um, Not very good. And that's back-to-back starts for him. Pitched against Seattle. uh, Struggled a little bit. Gave up five earned runs. And that was half of the earned runs he gave up the entire month. Gave up five earned runs in one game. Ten the whole month. So after that, settled down throughout the month and really, really did his thing. Yeah, definitely got to give credit to Sandy Alcantara. When it comes to stuff, he's one of my favorite pitchers in the league right now. He's electric with a hell of a lot of movement on his pitches. Him along with Josh Hader and honestly Joe Musgrove as well made this a really tough pick. This was, I think, the hardest league for this entire segment that we're doing because Joe Musgrove himself, he had a ERA that was in the ones for the month. I'm pretty sure it was 1.64. He's really doing his thing, but I know I picked Josh Hader. I would have to agree with you, Alex, on putting Alcantara over Musgrove. He just had more innings of work, and the bounce back from that one bad start in the beginning, it, it's just a crazy turnaround. It easily could have been a stretch of struggling, but nah, he figured things out, and he's doing his thing right now. Joe Musgrove did make this a pretty difficult list. Christian's right. This was the... Uh... Definitely the hardest one out of all four that we came up with. I was honestly leaning towards Hater like Christian, but then I saw what Alcantara did over the last three games he pitched, and it, it's it's a lot of innings and a lot of work. But now that we've talked about some pitchers, let's get into uh, some of the sluggers. And boy, did these two guys that we came up with have one hell of a month of May. And to start out with the AL, I don't think there's anyone. The only person who's probably hotter is the guy who we picked for the NL. And Aaron Judge is, just had an unbelievable May. Batted 311, had 12 home runs and 25 RBIs and 103 at-bats with an OPS of 1.077. This dude 
is just continuing his great work from April. And I just don't see him slowing down at all this year. Man, seeing Aaron Judge being one of the best players in the league, it always makes me happy. And I would say the one guy that maybe had some consideration next to Judge would be J.D. Martinez. He's killing it at the plate right now. I would give Judge the edge still at the plate, but obviously with J.D. being a D.H., it's just Judge's value is just different. If Aaron Judge keeps this up, and I know we mentioned him in the MVP conversation, I I could see him doing it. I know Mike Trout is Mike Trout. They're making it a hell of a race right now, but Aaron Judge for sure takes it this month. Yeah, and there were a few other people who were in consideration for this. I mean, Mike Trout's always in consideration for player of the month. I mean, dude's just the greatest player to ever live. Jose Ramirez won it last month, probably maybe could have won it again this month if it wasn't for Aaron Judge's month. Like you said, J.D. Martinez is another guy who had really good month but just doesn't play defense. But yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge definitely deserves it for this month, and I'm hoping he gets it for this month. Yeah, man. You mentioned it before. Uh, as crazy as Judge has been going, the only other guy that's hotter than him right now is by far the hottest player in the league for the month of May and going into June, to be honest. Paul Goldschmidt on the St. Louis Cardinals, man. When I saw his numbers for the month, like checking it today is now that it's June, my eyes popped. I was This man hit 404 on the month with 10 dingers and a OPS of 1288. That is... That is just insane. Maintaining that over a span of 30 days, thats I don't even want to say it's not easy to do that because even for the best players in the world, those numbers stand out. 27 games is the number of games Paul Goldschmidt played this month. He started out this month with a 296 average, and he actually did not get a hit for the first five games of the month. So he went down to 269, and he has brought his average all the way up to 352 at the end of the month that is almost a hundred points higher than what he started with and i mean like you said this is the hottest player hottest hitter in all of baseball right now as undeniable as it was for paul goldschmidt being the player of the month for the nl and the league really mookie betts really brought his name into the conversation he he had a slow start to the season but man the month of may he had 12 dingers on the month that's the last thing I expected for Mookie, to be honest, even if he was turning it around in general. He is second in the league in home runs now he, with 15. Judge has a comfortable lead, but Mookie, you know, with as hot as he's been, he's, he can catch up anytime. I'm glad to see Mookie coming back. And really, if it wasn't for Paul Goldschmidt being historically good over a month, Mookie Betts could really be the player of the month. Yeah, Mookie actually kind of made this a pretty tight race here at the end of the month. He had a slow start, like you said, uh, but he really turned it around the last week or two. And I was actually consider considering picking him until I saw the uh, godly numbers that Paul Goldschmidt put up. And I mean, a 1288 OPS is absolutely ridiculous. That's <laughs> You don't even see people bat that for two weeks sometimes. I mean... That doing that over an entire month for 27 games is just insane, and and he's probably going to get a player of the month card in MLB The Show, which I'm definitely going to be looking forward to because they supercharged him in MLB The Show, and his stats are absolutely ridiculous. And he is one million percent deserving of a player of the month card. My only thing is there's so many first basemen to choose from. Like I already got Delgado, and 
they just dropped Babe Ruth, who I really want to pick up. It's just they, it's too many first basemen right now. I, if I'm gonna be honest, I'd rather see them go with a pitcher, make a pitcher real nasty. But Goldschmidt's card would have a chance of being my starting first baseman if it's good enough. I, I'm excited to see what they do, but we can we can get into that another time. But yeah, that does it for our players and pitchers of the month. A lot of these guys had a hell of a month, put up some great numbers, and so do the guys that we mentioned. Um, if it just wasn't for the person in front of them. Yeah, man, May was a great month of baseball, and I'm not really expecting anything different for this upcoming month of June. I feel like this has become a common occurrence now when we start our boxing segments. Um, we've come off another great week in a boxing. Gervonta Davis versus Raleigh Romero. Uh, there's not really too much to talk about this fight. It was a pretty boring fight. Ended in the sixth round with a knockout, a nasty knockout to be honest, by Gervonta Davis. And Christian, I'm just, I, I kind of want to hear what you thought about this fight. Yeah, like you said, it was pretty boring at first. Raleigh was the one out that was actually pressing the action at first, and I don't think he was really skilled enough to make that part entertaining. It was obvious that Tank was setting him up, and he really did him dirty. That left hand he got him with was nasty. And Raleigh stood up before the 10 count, but you could just tell his legs were gone. I think it was a good stoppage. The thing that I think is funny is that Tank decided to choose the round right between our predictions. I went with a fifth round knockout. He went with seventh, and he decided to go with the sixth. So I guess add those two together, we're, we kind of, we're kind of right. Yeah, I was hoping it would last one more round. Uh, I know you were hoping it wouldn't go to the sixth because you picked the fifth, but it is what it is at this point. But moving on to this weekend, we have another great bo- uh, weekend of boxing, and I'm really looking forward to both of these fights. The Noea Inoue fight and Nonito Dinero fight is actually next Tuesday on June 7th. So we're going to go ahead and preview it this week. But we're going to go ahead and start off with the George Cambosis versus Devin Haney fight. And this is a fight that I know both of us have been looking forward to for a while now. Because Devin Haney, he's one of those young and up and coming guys. Um, very promising and someone who, to be honest, I really didn't think was that good until I watched his last fight. And then there's George Cambosis, who's coming off probably one of the biggest victories, if not the biggest victory in his entire career, and maybe the biggest victory ever for him in Teofimo Lopez. Uh, maybe a little controversial because Lopez was banged up a little bit, but I mean, he still beat one of the best fighters, young fighters in the world, and I'm really, really looking forward to this fight this weekend. Yeah, same here. And the way things look, it looking like Devin Haney's got all the cards stacked against him. Obviously, he's going to be the away fighter going to Australia. His father is not going to be able to go to the fight with him for reasons. It's just, it's going to be a different setting for him. It's going to, it's going to be tough to be comfortable with where he's at. But I think, I think this would really define Devin Haney if he comes out and gets this win in a dominant fashion. Because with those cards stacked against you, that's just daring to be great, really. And honestly, I do think Devin has what it takes to really get the victory in this fight. I think he's got, skill over Cambosis when it comes to that conversation but he's got the youth and athleticism over him too even though I would say Cambosis is pretty much in his prime I think Devin has better physical advantages and like I said he's more skilled he's he's really a pure boxer when it comes down to it and Cambosis is skilled in himself so I think this is going to make for a really entertaining fight 
yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this fight this week, and it's it's going to be a good one. And I'm just kind of curious on, do you think there's going to be a knockout in this fight? To be honest with you, I don't. I don't think either of them really possess the power to have each other really fear for that knockout. But obviously, somebody could get caught with a perfect shot. That's always possible. But I really do think this fight is going to go the distance. And I think it's going to be a clear, unanimous decision for Devin Haiti at the end of it. I got to agree with you on that. I, I don't think either of them really possess the really knockout power punches like a bunch of these other guys do that we've been watching the past couple weeks. But Devin Haney is still a really skilled boxer. So is George Cambosis. But I think Devin Haney is just way more technical. He's going to get it. He's going to get it done. Like you said, it's going to be unanimous decision. Um, Hopefully they don't screw up the scorecard and make it super close if he dominates uh, like they like to do, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, Australia does have a bit of a history of a controversial decisions. Uh, my opinion, I do think Pacquiao beat Jeff Horn, but... Clearly. Yeah, it is it is what it is. Uh, hopefully that's not a case in this situation. So I know I said that with the Haney-Cambosis fight, knockouts not probably not going to happen uh, as for this fight though even though the first one didn't end in a knockout i think it's very possible that we do see one in either direction to be honest Nalia inoue versus nonito donaire the rematch it's it's about to be insane insane entertainment on a tuesday too you don't always get that with nonito donaire getting a little older obviously the question would raise that is he is he still capable of taking on a top one of the top fighters in the world in Inoue, but Donaire has looked insane in his past few fights. Uh, he he looks like he's one of the top fighters in his world in the world himself, and it's just great to see somebody, an old man, honestly doing it like he do, does it right now. Like you said, this is a rematch, and this is a rematch from the 2019 fight of the year. To be honest, this was this was the fight of the year. Tons of action in it, and it's what I'm expecting again. And like you said, the last fight we talked about, probably not going to be a knockout. But this one, I, I'm definitely thinking there's going to be a knockout. And I think it's going to be in no way. I do think that, in my opinion, I think youth is going to prevail in this situation. Donaire, though, his left hook, he catches anybody with that. I mean, he broke he broke Inoue's orbital bone in the first fight. And as crazy as that is, the fact that Inoue went on to fight to get a decision, even though he... You can make an argument he deserved getting the stoppage over that body shot he caught Donaire with because Donaire ran around the ring for like five seconds and then went down and the count didn't start until then, which was controversial in my opinion. So, like I said, I think youth is going to prevail. Uh, Inoue's got the skill, obviously. Donaire has the experience advantage, but Inoue is one of the best punchers in the world. Pound for pound, top three hardest puncher in the world. And I think it's going to be a brutal late round knockout after he breaks no no need O'Donaire down what what round are you thinking I'll be honest I think it's going to happen in the championship rounds probably I'm debating between round 10 and 11 I'm gonna go round 10 no no I'm gonna go round 11 round 11 knockout for Naoya Inoue that's my official prediction what about you though I'm just going to stick to my trusty old number seven. I'm going with a seventh round knockout like I said it's going to happen eventually and I think it's going to happen in this one Amen. I'm hoping to see it because a lot of these fighters, they've been blue balling you with this, like just getting in the knockout right around the round seven. But I'm saying I've been close. There's been a seven or there's been a six, an eight, and a nine recently. Got to get it right eventually. 
Reason I would have to disagree though with a round seven, I think it's going to go championship rounds because with as skilled as they are, I do think there's going to be a decent bit of feeling out within honestly the first four rounds. And then I think from there, that's when the fight's really going to start. Yeah, that's true. But all it takes is one punch, and that's what I'm mm-hmm. hoping for. Both of those guys got that too. So 100% could happen. Regardless of the result, though, um, this is potentially going to be a fight of the year part two, and I just really can't wait to see it on a Tuesday. My Tuesday's about to be lit next week. That does it for the official last episode of the Pre-Roll Takes podcast. Moving forward, we're about to be all takes, no whiffs, because we don't miss, and our predictions for these fights are about to prove that. We've got some changes going on on our social media pages still, so... Just wait on the new one. But if you guys want, you can follow our personals. You can find my Twitter at OnlySports52. Mine is at ahendy2215. This was another great episode, and we're looking forward to another one next week. Peace.